Welcome back, baseball fans, to another edition of On Deck presented by Deep Dive Sports. I'm your host, Greg. I'm joined, as always, by Dominic and Jeff. What's going on, guys? What's up? Not much. Glad to be back. It's been a while. We're going to do an episode today for you. Um, This episode is going to be a hot takes episode. It's going to be a whole bunch of different topics, and we're just going to kind of get the guys' uh, unabashed opinion on uh, kind of the list I came up with and then maybe talk about some stuff that they wanted to talk about towards the end. We'll definitely do a standings rundown and then finish it off with that one fact about baseball. Uh, try to stump each other or give each other just a little bit of tidbit of baseball knowledge that uh, you don't uh, normally get. So to start it off, I'm going to start out in Cleveland where Dom is, and I'm going to start it with Terry Francona. Terry Francona announced that, I don't know if it was an announcement, but he uh, he strongly hinted that this year was going to be his last year. So, Dom, I want to get your opinion. What it's kind of a, a lot of questions in, involved in this, just one one topic. But um, what do you think of him possibly, uh, you know, calling it quits? And uh, what has he done for not only the city of Cleveland, but what's he done for baseball uh, in general? So, go ahead. Um, I mean, I kind of saw it coming going into this year. Um, I kind of had a feeling this was. I, I knew we were nearing the end of Terry Francona in Cleveland. Um, and I think he came out a couple of days after that press conference and, and said that this is his final year. Um, you know, he, I know he's had a lot of health issues during his time in Cleveland, um, but he's the winningest manager in franchise history. And I think he was a really vital part in kind of re-energizing the franchise and, and kind of making them a perennial, you know, playoff contender are one of the most respected organizations in baseball. Um, you know, when he came in to the team after his time in Boston, the, the Indians at the time were not really in that good of a spot. They were coming off of some bad years, um, but they had some young talent and he was able to really change the course of the franchise and kind of brought baseball back um, in the city of Cleveland. And he's, you know, a, a fan favorite, um, you know, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Fame manager and sad to see him go, um, but I totally understand it. I think he's already got like three surgeries scheduled f- for the offseason uh, to kind of fix some things sort of going on with him. So really appreciate all that he did, but, you know, health comes first. Okay. All right. Well, Jeff, uh, Dom kind of uh, stole a little bit of the, the next question, though, um, was, uh, you know, uh, has he had a Hall of Fame caliber uh, career and kind of to curtail him what I asked on before, uh, what has he done for the game of baseball? Yeah, I think he has for sure. <clears throat> um, you know, everything he did with the Red Sox, I think that can't be understated at all. And then absolutely, like Dom said, re-energizing Cleveland. I mean, it just completely 180 that team around that city, you know, definitely shown their support for Tito and love everything he's done for the game. Uh, I know one of the little things that I always loved about him is that he was actually the minor league coach for Michael Jordan when he was in the minors <laughs> for baseball. Wasn't that the Barons? Yeah, the Barons. All right. Well, uh, that, you know, Terry Francona has definitely done a lot for, for the game of baseball and uh, he was uh, changed the city of Boston. And it, from what it sounds like, you know, Dom's saying he's changed the city of Cleveland. And so I definitely agree with what you guys said that he is a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. 
you know, moving forward. And I, I hope all the best for him. He's a young 64, so he's got a lot of life uh, left ahead of him to enjoy the retirement and uh, and all that. And then, you know, who knows? Maybe he might get, uh, you know, to be, uh, you know, front office type of work. Maybe he doesn't want to leave baseball altogether, and and, and that's a huge aspect uh, that we could possibly look forward to, um, you know, seeing. All right, moving on to our next topic, and it is uh, possibly a future first ballot Hall of Famer as well. Uh, you know, and everybody's talked about it. Um, there's a lot going on last week when Shohei Otani uh, tore his UCL. So, Jeff, I'm going to start with you on this one. This is a full gamut of questions, so so bear with me. But uh, what does that do to his trade stock? Uh, or not trade stock, but what does that do to his free agent stock? Um, what does that do for him as a pitcher? Uh, just lay it on me. What else, what else do you got with Shohei? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely is going to affect, you know, how much money they're willing to sign him for. If this kind of maybe eventually leads to him kind of going back to only being a one-way kind of player, maybe, you know, he's only going to do batting for, you know, a couple of years. Um it's hard to say, so I think that might bring it down some, but I don't think Shohei is the kind of guy that's too worried about the money. So I'm not, I don't think it's going to affect him too much because I think he's just such a gamer. So, you know, even if he's only batting with that torn UCL, you know, I'm sure he's consent to sign wherever. Um, yeah, he actually had that came out during the game with against the Reds. I was excited to see how my Reds did against him pitching. And yeah, that second inning came out tough to see all right you could definitely see um you know him him throwing and, and those balls just curving right uh right out of the the strike zone so it, it was definitely he i felt like he knew something was going on a little bit earlier but he was going to try to see if he could push through it so yeah. uh dom what do you got on shohei it's really unfortunate because i think he's already one of the best players of all time um I know he he probably doesn't care about the money too much, but it's definitely going to play a factor into how teams value him. Um, you know, maybe they don't see him as a guy that long-term could be a top-of-the-line starting pitcher. Um, he'll still be one of the best offensive players in the game. I, I think long-term teams will start to question just how much longer he can keep doing the two-way player. Um, so I think they're, they're going to factor that into any contract negotiations. Um, if they can get any pitching out of him in the long term, then it's a bonus. But I, I think they'll really just see him as a one-way player, a hell of a one-way player at that. But um, I think it's really going to uh, change how teams see him. Yeah, I mean, any team that signs him is, is definitely going to understand that, that they're just getting a batter for the first year at least. Uh, moving forward, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's definitely a lot of money that I think is is going to affect him at least fifty to seventy five million dollars. But I mean, who knows? I, I, I don't do that for a living, but it's it's a chunk of change. Um, so, uh, moving on to the next topic. Uh, so Shohei didn't get traded, but a lot of players did get traded. So Dom, I'll start with you on this one. What team has gotten the best trade value out of their trade so far? I don't know. It, it's hard to say. I feel like there were a lot of teams that made moves, but 
I don't know, nothing really came of it too much. I, I think value wise, I mean, you got to look at the Phillies with Michael Lorenzen. His first was his first start in Philly. He throws a no hitter. Um, and he's been, you know, pretty decent since then. Um, I haven't really followed Max Scherzer with the Rangers too much. Um, but I'm, I'm sure he's been Max Scherzer that we know. Um, I, I feel like there's, there's more teams that lost at the trade deadline than really anything. All right. So, so who lost then? Uh, well, definitely the Angels. <laughs> um, missed an opportunity last year to trade Otani. And then they go in this year acting like buyers to, to try to make one last playoff push to try to keep them. And then a month later, they waive really everyone that they traded for. So now they're they're out the guys that they traded for and the prospects that they traded to get those guys. Um, doesn't really make any sense to me, but I, I think that the Angels are the biggest losers. Uh, yeah. Okay. Jeff, same question, both sides. Uh, winners and losers, best trade value and the worst uh, so far. I think the Diamondbacks, what they got with uh, Paul Stewald, uh from Seattle, you know, I think he's converted every save opportunity he's gotten. Um, I think maybe he's had a couple earned runs, but I think he's still got all the saves. So I think that was a great move for them. Um, I thought it would kind of bite Seattle, but as we've seen recently, they've gotten really hot. So apparently they're not missing them. So it kind of worked out on both ends. Uh, biggest losers, I mean – I just still can't get over this Yankees team. I don't know if there's really anything they could have done to improve their lineup, really. But I mean, just they just sat there; they didn't do anything, and here they are, no hope for you know even a wild card. I mean, they're just hard to watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's 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 a, a sad season for them, and I think that they've that they've gone on a they've won four of the last four games, so you know maybe they're on a a little bit of a streak. So. Um, what do you guys think of uh, Bell with uh, the Marlins? I think he's couldn't uh, hit a ball to save his life in Cleveland, and then all of a sudden he's lights out in Miami. So yeah. most Cleveland thing to happen <laughs> happens every time. Thing to happen. Most Cleveland thing to happen. I mean, he he's kind of fallen back down to earth a little bit. He definitely had a hot streak there. Um, he's he's always kind of been a boomer bust kind of player. He'll go on streaks where he hits everything. Um, and looks like the, like an all-star player, but then he'll go through like a month span where he just can't hit anything. Um, yeah, it's just, I think it's a coincidence that it happened right after we traded him. But uh, I think he needed a change of scenery. Okay, all right. Well, talking about streaks, uh, how about those streaking uh, Mariners winning 20 games in the month of August? Uh, Dom, I'll start with you on that. Like. What are the Mariners doing that's that's going right? I think we had an earlier episode where we were going through the standings rundown, and I, I mentioned the Mariners being a team that was kind of underperforming earlier in the season. But if they can get, you know, everything together and play like that, we know that they can, um, that they could be a team that's, that's really dangerous. And I think they just got off to a slow start. Julio Rodriguez has come back to life. I know he got off to a bit of a slow start, but he's been on absolute fire over the last month. Um, they're pitching well, and you know they're they're getting production out of everyone else in the lineup. So it's not just on Julio Rodriguez. Um, they're a good young team, and I, I I don't see them coming out of first place. Okay, Jeff. Yeah, I don't want to say I called it, but I think I did call it a couple of steps ago. <laughs> I was talking about this offense and. 
their ground out rate, their strikeout rate. And yeah, they've definitely turned it around offensively. So um, it's not shocking. I don't know if they're going to hold on to first. I mean, this Astros, ever since the trade deadline, it's hard to go against them. Altuve is playing out of his mind right now. Obviously, they got the pitching staff as well. So, yeah, I'm not so sure they'll hold on to first, but I'd definitely like to see him in the playoffs. I think the Rangers are splitting. You're skipping ahead of topics a little bit, but we'll, we'll, t- we'll talk <laughs> about that in a second. Uh, all right, so, I mean, I definitely think their starting pitching has been has been pretty dominant, and, and they put up a, a few shutouts over the last, uh, you know, 20 games. So it's, it's been nice to see. And uh, like you said, Julio is just – what he hit like 17 hits over the course of like uh five games i mean just uh-huh. yeah, just crazy performance and uh he was out last night and with a toe injury so um be interesting to see what what happens from them but they might just be resting him um you know but who knows all right, well, the Mariners had 20 games win in uh, the month of August, but the streaking Dodgers had 21 wins in the month of August. So, Jeff, I'm going to start with you on this one. What's going on with them Dodgers, and can you know they put up a fight with the Braves when it comes down to it? Yeah, I think they absolutely can. Uh, Freddie's having a career year. I mean, him and Mookie, that's just an insane one-two combo there. I mean, Mookie himself, I mean, he's definitely in the conversation for NL MVP. Did never expected him to hit this many homers this year. And, yeah, that offense is just on fire. Kershaw is playing super well in his last few starts, uh, which is great to see, especially adding an aging pitcher. But, yeah, I think they've definitely got some room to talk there with uh, – I think the Braves have, what, like a 13-game lead in their division. And the Dodgers are right there up there with them too. Yeah, didn't Kershaw – he tied, I think, uh, Don Drysdale um, for second most all time. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure did. So. All right, Dom, what do you got on the, the streak in Dodgers? Well, unfortunately, they're back to being one of the best teams in baseball again, as much as I hate to see it. Um, I'm excited. We're, we're going to see the Braves and the Dodgers um, in a three-game series starting tonight. Um, I can't wait to watch that. Because I think that's going to be an NLCS preview. I think looking at the NL, I think the Dodgers are really the only team that can really compete with the Braves and kind of give them a run for their money. Uh, now, looking at, at, at Freddie Freeman, I, I'm just amazed by – I mean, really, this, this whole team this this last month, I'm amazed by them. I, I don't like the Dodgers, but I got to respect how good they are. Um makes me wonder what, what the Braves could be if Freddie Freeman was still on the Braves. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, that's for sure. Like, they would just be a powerhouse. But um, Matt Olson has been lights out at first base, and True. I mean, look at his home runs. It's like so your replacement is is hitting more home runs than than you are this year, and it's yeah, like that's like uh, even to me, Jason Hayward has has been playing some of his best baseball of his career this year. So um, he's yeah, I clutch. I think I think Jason Hayward's got to be one of the best stories this whole season. I mean, he's he's really revitalized his career. Um, it, for a while, I forgot that he was playing baseball, and then this year I mean, he's just been been 
uh, really good, you know, and I, I didn't really expect it from him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, Jeff alluded to it earlier, but uh, uh, these sinking Rangers, they uh, can't get a win to save their life. Um, they were ahead uh, multiple games uh, in their division and then uh, lost it um, to those Mariners. So, Jeff, what's going wrong for the Rangers? I think it's kind of on both ends. I mean, they've got some players that I think maybe are just starting to wind down, uh, you know, kind of dog days, summer here. And it's a really long season for these guys, you know, especially you're not getting a lot of days off. So I'm not sure if maybe that's playing a factor. They're just starting to wear down after being in the lead for so long, you know, maybe getting a little too comfortable. But, yeah, it's just kind of starting to slow down on all sides, pitching and uh, for the bats as well. Okay. What about you, Dom? Yeah, I, I think they were just so good for so long that it was kind of unsustainable. Um, it kind of sucks that it's happening now and not earlier in the season. As you know, really, if you're a, a World Series contender, now is a time where you should really start to be kind of hitting your stride and, and figuring some things out. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate, and you know, the, I think the rest of their schedule. I mean, they're it's not looking any easier for them. Uh, I don't know. At, at this point, I don't know if they make the playoffs. I, I don't know. I, looking at the wild card, there's teams that are right there. Um, I know the Blue Jays are right on their heels. Okay. All right. Well, um, moving on to uh, – we talked about a little about the Braves earlier, but they are on a streak of home runs that could – uh, surpassed the 2019 uh, Twins single-season home run record. Uh, Dom, I'll start with you on this one. Do you think it's possible that the uh, Braves beat the 2019 Twins home run record? Uh, I believe it's uh, they're on pace to hit like 353, and, and that would break the record. I think they'll beat it. Without question, I think they'll beat it. This is one of the best offenses that I've really ever seen. Um, I think this will go down as one of the best offensive teams in at least modern history. Uh, what they're able to do, they don't they don't just hit for power; they hit for contact, and it's just amazing to watch. I I love watching this Braves team, man. Um, I, I definitely think that they'll break the record. Okay, all right, Jeff. Anything to add to that? Yeah, I think it's possible. I think their production out of that entire lineup is ridiculous. How many guys have over? you know, 20 homers this year. It's insane. Uh, I think Michael Harris has kind of slept on a little bit, you know, rookie of the year last year. But, I mean, he's killing it. Ozuna's finally getting production in there consistently. So, yeah, it's definitely possible. Yeah, I think something like six uh, six players on the team have 25 or more home runs. Um, something like that. That's most in MLB. So that's, that's pretty spectacular when it comes down to it. Um, yeah, uh, Azuna has been uh, great. Um, Albedes, is it like Albedes, right? Yeah, he's been fantastic. Um, everybody's just been playing lights out baseball. Um, we can't talk enough about their pitching. Uh, I mean, Braves are just, to me, uh, fantastic this year. So, um, but speaking of home runs, uh, Jeff, what do you think of Bryce Harper hitting 300? Yeah, it's awesome. Adding him to the list of active players with 300. Uh, nice to see. I mean, it, 
his career is kind of just rolling here. It's kind of hard to think, you know, like, man, he's really been here that long now. He's hitting 300, you know. Uh, he got his hit marker, you know, just recently, too, uh, last year. So it's awesome to see. You know, I think uh, fans out there in Philly love him and embracing him. I, I know I personally love him. Uh, he's definitely one of the bigger personalities in the game. Dom, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it's it, – I really forget how long he's been playing. You know, I still think of him as, as one of the younger players, but he's been in the league, what, almost 10 years now? Um, I think he's kind of overlooked at times. I feel like when people are thinking of the best players in the, in the league, I feel like he's kind of slept on and kind of flown under the radar for how good he is. Um, he, I think he's one of the more fun players to watch, and um, he, I think he's really the, the heart and soul of that Phillies team. So uh, hopefully he can carry them to the playoffs again. To me, like he's definitely the epitome of consistency. Like he's never going to mm-hmm. have these these monster seasons, but he's had pretty damn good seasons pretty consistently. Yeah. So so that's you know to me in I mean definitely first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. That's not even a question. That um, you know for me, but. Anyways, moving on. Uh, Jeff, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, Jose Altuve hit for the cycle. It's the first time an Astro has hit for the cycle in 10 years. And I think it's only the second time this season, maybe third. Not even 100% okay. sure on that. I should have looked that up, but uh, maybe some of our listeners can actually look that up. But uh, what do you got on Altuve hitting that cycle? Yeah, he's playing out of his mind right now. I'm- you know, he had that short stint where he was injured. And he came back, and all cylinders are firing right now. That Astros offense has been hot. I mean, they've been, unfortunately, really beating it in on your team <laughs> this last <laughs> series with them. But, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we got one win out of that, and it's just it's been, it's been miserable. <laughs> Dom, do you have anything on Altuve? I hate the Astros, and I hate Altuve. <laughs> it's 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 easy to hit for the cycle when you're getting tips pitch, or pitches uh, tipped to you. Um, I don't know. It, it I give him credit for hitting for the cycle. I just don't like Pal Tuve. All right, the little side note on on uh, <laughs> pitch tipping. Uh, what did you mean by that comment? Their their history. I'm not accusing them of, of pitch tipping anymore. Um, just going off of the, the 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 cheating scandal that they had back in 2017. To maybe lose all respect for Altuve and the whole Astros organization. Well, speaking of the Astros and speaking of pitch tipping, and I know uh, this particular guy was um, tipping his pitches occasionally. Uh, he had to change it up a little bit. But uh, the Astros played the Tigers recently. And uh, Jeff, I'll, I'll start with you on this one. What's your take on the Verlander Cabrera nods to each other? That's really awesome. I mean, those are two monster legends, paying their respect. You know, obviously this is Mickey's last run, so it was really cool. Love to see it. Do you? Uh, we don't see that as much in baseball. Uh, why do you think that is? I think so much of baseball is such a mind game. I don't think you can kind of immediately show your respect. You know, and. I don't want you to, especially as if you're a pitcher, give that batter some confidence because the second they get comfortable in that batter's box, you know, they'll start hitting anything, it feels like, you know. 
not quite like the Super Bowl where Burrow's out there, oh, I'm Joe Burrow, <laughs> to, the, to the defense, you know, and fighting himself. So I think you got to play that mind game with baseball a lot more. Okay. Dom? I agree. I think it's it's a lot of mental, but I feel like for Miggy and Verlander, it's different because of just how great that they were and still kind of are. Um, the fact that their legends were teammates for the longest time for, the, you know, really the prime of their careers. Um, they really accomplished a lot together um, as much as, you know, it hurt me as a Guardians fan. Um, so I think it was just a mutual respect. Like, hey, I know this is the last time we're going to be on the field together uh, playing Major League Baseball. So just, it, it was a good show of respect for both of them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's this that thing we always say about how can you not be romantic about baseball when when you see stuff like that it just kind of makes you really appreciate the players and really appreciate the you know the gamesmanship and 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 just the effort that each of them has put in so i i really love that it it's stuck out to me for sure so all right uh talking about another pitcher um and the baltimore orioles uh felix bautista uh, got injured and is out for at least a foreseeable future. They've talked maybe he could come back in the next week or so, but um, what's that injury doing to the possibility of uh, Baltimore going on a deeper run into the playoffs and possibly to the World Series? Dom, I'll start with you on that one. I mean, they're still playing pretty well without him. Um, I, I think they're still my pick to, to come out of the American League, um, especially since the Rangers have, have kind of fallen off here. Um you know, I think there's enough depth in the rest of their pitching staff where they can lose a guy and, you know, they may not be able to get the same production out of his replacement, but they can still get good enough production where, you know, they're still seven and three in their last 10 um, for a game and a half up on the Rays. You know, I, I don't see this team going away just because they lost a pitcher as, as good of a pitcher as, as he's been. Um, I still think they're going to be, right there contending going forward okay jeff yeah i think it's a i mean it is a big blow because i mean he's just been one of the best all-around guys but that ucl is tough so i definitely don't see him coming back um i'm blanking on the uh pitcher that's kind of stepped into that safe role since but you know he's been he's been solid for them too their offense is hot enough to where you know i think they could possibly afford a couple runs in this postseason you know i think that they're strong enough to where they'll be okay. But I think that they got into a tight one and they really needed a guy to step up. That's a uh, man. It's killing me that I can't think of that other pitcher's name, but uh, I think he can step into that role for sure. Okay. I mean, I definitely think their offense is at least uh, playing well enough t- to win some games, even though uh, they did, lose 10 to five uh to the white Sox yesterday of all of all teams so that that hurt me a little bit because i i put a little cash down on a, a little parlay with with that and uh oh, man. that and the phillies to win and both teams lost i was like what the hell <laughs> um but i made it up with a uh i bet on the mariner or not mariners marlins and rays i bet rays to win and they won in the tenth inning, three to nothing, and I guess it was the first um, game this year to go into extra innings tied zero uh, zero. So I thought that was really ah. interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
sticking with pitchers, uh, Jeff, I'll start with you on this one. So Garrett Cole is is having a phenomenal season, even though his team has not. And so this is kind of a kind of a three, five, ten part question, I guess. Um, so he's one of the front runners for the Cy Young, but do you really think it's a, a pitcher on a that much of a losing team? I don't want to say deserves the Cy Young because that's kind of, but it's harder to give it to somebody. Uh, so there's a whole bunch of questions in that, and I kind of just go with whatever on your answer. Yeah, I mean, I definitely know what you mean. Uh, I think it would be kind of hard to give it to him, you know, even though it's like you're having a phenomenal career year, but at the same time, are you really helping your team that much? Uh, but I think I think he might be able to get it just on solo merit. Uh, the numbers are that good. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, I'd have to look at his numbers compared to some of the other guys in the AL, but I think it. I think he's got the potential to get it on his own, even without the Yankees succeeding. Okay, Dom. I think I froze there. The first part of the question. I don't know it's about Garrett Cole. Is it about um, Cy Young or MVP? Uh, more about so Cy Young award. Is it does, not that necessarily he if he deserves it, but having giving it to a pitcher on such a losing team. It's a major kind of like, and if he's not going to get it, who would get it type of question. There's a lot in there. So just go with whatever your answer is. Yeah. Um, I think I see the the Cy Young as best pitcher. Um, It's, I think it's different than MVP. um, Because that one is, you know, how much did you help your team win? I I view Cy Young as just who was the best pitcher, regardless of, of how good your team is. Who was the best pitcher this season? Um, and I think it's definitely Garrett Cole. Um, I feel bad for him. I feel like the Yankees kind of wasted, you know, the the probably the best year of Garrett Cole's career. I think he's definitely deserving of it, just on individual merits, um, regardless of of how bad the team is. Obviously, I don't think he should win the MVP because you know the Yankees are last place and under five hundred. But I think he's definitely deserving of the Cy Young this year. Okay. All right. Well, uh, moving on to the next topic, it was a perfect segue. So uh, I'll I'll start with you on that one. Then, Dom, AL and NL MVP, who's it going to be? That's tough. I mean, NL, it's definitely got to be Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, He's having – if it wasn't for Shohei Otani, I think everyone would be just marveling at at the year that he's having. Um, I think he's – uh, I think, in my opinion, he's a clear favorite for NL MVP. Um, AL is probably going to be Shohei again. Um, I know he's he's got the the injury to his UCL, um, so he's not going to be pitching, but he's still hitting, um, and he's still hitting pretty good. Uh, so I I know Angels bad team, but Shohei's so good. Um, it, it's hard to to not give him the award. Okay, Jeff. Yeah, I think Shohei is definitely a lock for the AL. Um, it's just we all know how ridiculous he is, how he really is the true unicorn for the sport, and this year's really shown it, uh, even with the pitching being done for the year. And I like, I like to say it's probably going to be Acuna, but I think Mookie Betts isn't as far behind him as some people may think. I think Acuna's stolen bases are what's going to give him the edge, but I think Mookie's right there in that conversation too. 
Because Acuna has 60 stolen bases, and how many does Mookie have? Is he in the just the 30s? Uh, I'm not sure if he's even that far. I think stolen bases is what he's killing him at, but pretty similar stat-wise otherwise. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you guys on both. It's, it's definitely those two, um, you know, unless something drastically changes over the course of the next, uh, you know, 30, 30 games. I think that's all we have left, so. Well, um, finishing off the hot take segment, uh, rookie of the year. Uh, who do you got in NL and AL? Jeff, I'll start with you on that one. I mean, it's hard not to say Corbin Carroll, but I think my boy Matt McClain deserves some love there too. Uh, him landing on the IL definitely going to hurt a little bit, so he's going to be missing some time. But, yeah, it's probably going to go to Corbin there. Um, AL, I was thinking Josh Young for a long time, but you know I think he's kind of cooled off a bit. But I think I'm, I think he's still probably got the numbers for it. Okay, Dom. NL, I agree, Corbin Carroll. I think he's the runaway rookie of the year candidate. Um, AL, I'm probably going to go with Gunnar Henderson. Uh, I he's been on fire recently. Really been a, a good part of that um, Orioles offense. Yeah, he's he's a vital part of that team at such a young age. And I know he got off to a little bit of a rough start when they first called him up. They sent him back down, but ever since they called him back up, he's been really good and he's he's getting even better uh with each game. So I'm excited for the future for this kid. Uh well really for you know Carol and Henderson. Um but I th- I think Henderson's the AL rookie of the year. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with both of yours. I mean Corbin Carroll uh for sure that he just gets those hits when you need to get the hits and he just he's he's a phenomenal talent he steals bases like it's uh you know his job uh he he, you know home runs it's it's the whole package and and then i'm siding with dom on gunnar henderson he was the one i picked to win uh rookie of the year at the beginning of the year um, I just thought that, you know, he, he, he showed so much promise and he's definitely delivered and, you know, him along with Mount Castle, um, you know, those two are, are, are killing it on the field uh, and in the batter's box. So I am definitely on board with Gunnar Henderson. All right, moving on to our standings rundown, and then we're going to finish it off with that one fact about baseball. So, like I said, we only have 30-some-odd games left. Uh, Some teams have a little less. But let's start with the American League East. You've got the Baltimore Orioles, 83-50. and You've got the Tampa Bay Rays, 82-52, and just a game and a half behind uh, AL East. Toronto, 73-61. Boston, 69-65. And the Yankees, 65-69. AL Central, you've got the Minnesota Twins at 69-65. and Cleveland in or Guardians, I'm sorry, uh, 64 and 70. Detroit Tigers, 60 74. White Sox, 53 81. Kansas City, 41 and 94. AL West, you've got a tie between Seattle and Houston, 76 57 for Seattle and 77 58 for Houston. Texas, one game behind that, is 75 and 58. The Angels, 64 70. And Oakland, 39-95. Moving on to the National League, you've got the Atlanta Braves at 87-45, and 45, a 13-and-a-half game lead on the Phillies at 74-59. and 59. Um, Miami is 67-67. and 67. 
Washington 62-73 and the New York Mets 61-73. NL Central has got the Brewers playing really good lately. 74 and 59. You've got the Cubs 71 and 62. Cincinnati 69 and 66. Pittsburgh 61-73. St. Louis 58-76. Uh, NL West Dodgers at 83 and 49 with a 14 and a half game lead on San Francisco, who sits at 69 and 64. Arizona 69 and 65. Padres 62 72. And finishing it out that with the Colorado Rockies at 49 and 84. If you're looking at the wild card standings right now, it looks like um, the. Tampa Bay is six and a half game lead on that, and they're so pretty much a lock for making it into the playoffs for the wild card. Houston has got a one game, and then Texas has got that final spot. Toronto is two and a half games back, and Boston six and a half games back. But it looks like unless Toronto goes on a tear, I don't see anything that happening uh, in the national league philly's got a five game lead on that so i think they're pretty secure uh the cubs playing really good baseball lately uh two games up and then um san francisco is the, got that third spot but you've got a pretty close race with arizona only a half game back cincinnati only a game back and miami only two and a half games back so jeff i'm gonna start with you on this one Standings and uh, wild card. What do you got? Yeah, that NL wild card is going to be a bloodbath to the end of the year. I mean, it's ridiculous. I know the Reds. You know, they just play the Diamondbacks and the Giants, so that would have been. I wish they would have played a little better during those games, get a advantage. But you know, they're only a game back, and they're only three games behind the Cubs in the actual division. And we start a series with them tomorrow, so I think the Reds could, you know. They've got potential here to get going, uh, but I don't. I don't doubt that the Diamondbacks will find their way back in. Um, standing wise, I just love the fact that the Mets and the Washington Nationals have the same record. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just—it's insane. It's ridiculous. Okay, Dom, what do you got? Um, yeah, I, I agree a lot with with Jeff there. Um, AL wild card, I, I think. I have a little bit more faith in the Blue Jays at this point than the Rangers. I think that the Blue Jays only, what, two and a half back the last wild card. I, I think they're playing well enough where they can kind of overtake the Rangers at that point. I'm kind of confused with what the Guardians are doing because they sold at the deadline, but they've been picking up a lot of players on the waiver wire. Um, they just picked up, what, four players or three players from the the Angels. Um, I guess they're kind of going for it. I know it's it's – the weakest division of baseball. So I guess why not? Um, I know, I'm really disappointed in the, the angels and this year I, I expected more out of them in the NL. I'm, I'm pulling for the reds. If, if the guardians aren't going to make it, I want one Ohio team to make the playoffs. So pulling for the reds to, to get that wild card spot. Um, hopefully they can get healthy. I know they've had some injuries recently. Um, I don't know. The, the Diamondbacks have been kind of streaky, so now maybe the Reds can pull it off. But, you know, I just love that these big money New York teams spent so much money, and here they are, some of the worst teams in baseball. I love to see it. I think a lot of people are happy about that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the Mets have the same record as the Pirates. 
And the, the, the Pirates are six and four in their last ten, and the, the Mets are just just awful. And I love to see it. I'm glad that they traded for, uh, for Lindor and really put them over the top. <laughs> I mean, I've heard rumors about them uh, once the the season's over to putting Alonzo back on the block. So we'll see. I really hope that this shows teams that spending, you know, $900 million in an offseason to, to try to buy a World Series is not a way to – to build your team and trading for, you know, top players and signing them to 12 year contracts. You know, I, I would have thought that over the course of the last 20 years, and we've seen all these big contracts fail. I don't know why teams still give them out. Um, I think the Mets and the Yankees are case in point. Like that's not a good way to build a team. And, you know, you look at, you know, the Braves and the Dodgers who, you know, have big name players, but a lot of it was grown organically and not, you know, signed in, in free agency. Um, you look at a team like the the Orioles and the the Rays, that was all organic through the draft and developing players. I think we're seeing now more than ever that that is how you build a winning team, not just, you know, giving out $300 million contracts in free agency. I think there's more continuity uh, on a team when it comes down to uh, having players that are, like you said, grown organically and, and through the draft and through the foreign systems and stuff like that. It just teams tend to maybe just play a little bit more cohesively and it just seems, uh, you know, to be better baseball in, in my opinion. And so I completely agree with you on that one. Um, my only comment on the standings is, is uh, don't sleep on the Cubs. Uh, they've been playing some really good baseball lately and uh I'm really excited to see what they do. They are a playoff team, which means they, they play really good baseball during the playoff runs. So I, I'm excited to see that. So, all oh. right. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> to hear that. Uh, so finishing it off with uh, the always fun one fact about baseball. Uh, I'm going to go first on this one uh, because I am, it's not necessarily a, a, um, try to stump you type of question but it's more of a maybe like dom says a statistical anomaly or just a glitch in the matrix but um so there have been only two players in major league baseball history with the last name moyer ed moyer and jamie moyer ed moyer died in november 18th uh, 1962 jamie moyer was born on November 18th, 1962, and they are not related to each other. <laughs> I did see that fact, so I'm glad I didn't pick that one. <laughs> that is wild, though. Out of out of everything that could happen, like I just said, it just it's such like uh, crazy, like I said, glitch in the matrix of like how is that even possible? Like if you're gonna do all that and like how. It, it, I saw that fact that it just blew my mind. So, <laughs> all right, which one wants to go second, and which one wants to do the last? No, well, I can go next. Um, okay, so early two thousands, I froze again, didn't I? No. Oh, because I got a notification that my internet was unstable. Um, Adam Dunn, one of the the best sluggers of the early two thousands maybe forgotten about how 
consistent he was. So from 2005 to 2008, he hit 40 home runs, exactly 40 home runs every year from 2005 to 2008. And then 2009 to 2010, he hit 38 home runs. Like that, it's like the peak of consistency. Who did he play for again? I couldn't, I can't. The Reds, uh, Reds, Reds yeah. Diamondbacks, and Nationals. I feel like I, I remember more on the Reds than I remember on anything else. Yeah, I, I think that's really where he became a star. He had a ball into the Ohio River. No. How far that was, was one that? of the best things ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a monster home run. Damn. All right, Jeff, what do you got? All right. So, of course, speaking of the Reds, right? So, on the uh, 22nd, Ellie De La Cruz broke the record for the fastest player to reach 10 home runs and 20 steals. Only took him 64 games. Do you know who had that record before him? Eric Davis? Nope. Because I know he's Griffey Jr. Nope. Damn. This isn't all a baseball. Controversial player, I'll say that. Barry Bonds? That's right. Barry Bonds, previous record holder, 65 games. So he just eclipsed them. Yeah. I know Dela Cruz has been chasing like a lot of uh, these records, and like him and Eric Davis have just been playing like or he's been. Eric Davis made a lot of records, and and he's been uh, Dela Cruz has been chasing him a lot. So it's, it's mm-hmm. just been fun to see. Um, I don't know if we talked about that this earlier. I think we might have talked about it on Ohio verse, but uh, kind of side topic, and I guess a little more another of a hot take. But uh, you brought up Dela Cruz, so. Um, do you think he stays in Cincinnati um, once he's able to leave, or do you think Cincinnati trades him, or do you think he leaves in free agency when it comes up? It's hard to say because right now I think I need to see more out of him personally as a player because I know he's a flashy player and he's exciting, but at the same time his strikeouts are just way too high. You know, he needs to learn to hit these breaking balls, so if I start to see him develop a little more as a player and be the true kind of, you know, Allen wrench type guy that he is where, you know, he's got the speed, he's got the arm, he's got the bat, you know, I think then I think you possibly honestly see them trade him, uh, get rid of him. I mean, this guy, this guy signed a contract for, I think, $180,000, you know, the poor kid out of the Dominican. Um, so I think, some of these bigger name teams are going to be able to get them at some point. And I think the Reds might just have to kind of try to get what they can out of their investment with them. And it might be worth it, honestly, at some point. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you could take the, take the guardians model and, you know, develop someone into, you know, a great player. And then you just raid another team's farm system and develop those guys. You can turn one great player into potentially five to six really solid players for you. I'd say go with that option. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, anything else to, to add? Any other topics you wanted to talk about before we uh, sign off this episode? Um, I think I've seen a stat about Acuna that I thought was interesting with him hitting his 60 stolen bases this year is that he could steal 100 bases for the next 12 years and he still would not have as many as Ricky Henderson. <laughs> that is just that's it. That's absolutely insane. How many does Ricky have? <laughs> oh, it's up there. I mean, it's he stole like there's nobody's business. And 
Hold he on. didn't have to deal with this pitching disengagement and these bigger bases. So it should be easier for these guys these days. <laughs> so, so speaking of that, like, like, how do you not realize that you've disengaged and thrown over the bag three times? Like, how do I know. you not? How do you not re- know that if you do it again and you don't get him out, then he just gets the bag anyways? Yeah. I, I don't know how you allow that. I'm looking up Ricky Henderson's stats. Did you know that he stole 130 bases in 1982? <laughs> 130 bases? 130 bases in, in 1982. It was built different back then. <laughs> I mean, that dude. Did he... He stole fourteen hundred bases in his in his career, on seventeen hundred attempts. So he, so he attempted a stolen base one thousand seven hundred forty one times and was only caught stealing three hundred thirty five times. So his his stolen base percentage is eighty point seven six percent. Jesus, what a legend! And Acuna couldn't even. <laughs> no, mind blowing. <laughs> All right. Absolutely insane. Anything else, guys? There goes it. All right. Well, that does it for this edition of On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Make sure you download us wherever you get your podcasts: Apple Music, Spotify. Um, you know, hit up on our socials uh, X. I started calling it X because I hate Elon. So, um, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and uh, all that stuff. And until next time, baseball is America's pastime. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of On Deck as much as we have. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at deep.dive.sports. Or download us through Amazon, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. As always, we are On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.